Hey guys, Ryan DeMent from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today on the podcast, we have Brandon Balicio. I said it close. I know I butcher last names, guys. I know. But Brandon is a person that I really wanted to bring on this show because he has the energy and fire, but he's helping individuals and companies live their best life. Now, does that not tie into Chasing Happiness? Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. I am grateful to be here, sir. Thank you for coming on. I know it's been a little bit of a wait, but thank you for your patience and I'm ready to rock and roll. So how can we as individuals or corporations utilize you to live our best life? And let's get right into that. Cool. I think that we hear that a lot. The why, what is your purpose? Why are you here? Simon Sinek has that great talk on the golden circle where most people live or have a business. What are, we're a pizza parlor. How do we do it? cold pizza, but why do we, and a lot of people live from that how they work some dead end job for 40 years and all they look forward to is retirement. They wake up with a gold watch and a pension and go, what happened to my life? So to be able to wake up every day with a sense of purpose and understanding why are you here? That's powerful. That's powerful. It's very powerful, but I just going to get right to the root to it because the root of it, because I know what I struggle with and I know others do too. When we don't find our why and our passion, we tend to live this, and I call it a couch life. We sit on the couch and really don't push ourselves to become that climber in life. Yes, how, sir. Do we over, how do we overcome that? And how do we start working through that process in life? We hear a couple of the cliche metaphors, be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not on that edge every day. I know people look at me and go, man, you're so mellow, but it's the yin and the yang. I enjoy being uncomfortable. That's where I do my best growing. And the other saying, complacency is the enemy. When you get complacent, when you get too comfortable, that's like you said, you get to be that couch potato and you just live for reruns on Netflix and you do your nine to five and everybody's working for the weekend type mentality to, to wake up every day with a sense of purpose and want to impact the world, which the into the yun, you impact yourself for me has always been mantra and a lifestyle that I live by. But have you always lived that way? Is there, have you, so what got you there and what started this whole process of you helping others to find that life that they're really wanting to live? Absolutely. You know, I was born into poverty. So money was very short. And by the age of 11 months, my sister and I were put into a foster home, which went on for the stories conflict, but about three to four years. Then when my parents got us back, my father was physically abusive. So from a very early age, almost innately, I was conditioned to have a victim mindset. Cause you know, you're a kid, no kid wants to be in a foster home at 11 months old. No kid wants to be beaten. I was molested at eight. I was molested at 12. Money was always short. My high school graduation or my dad's suit. Being a victim, that poor, impoverished mindset or the mindset of scarcity was something I was just born into. But I recognized that if I continued that type of thinking, I had a half brother that was a huge Coke dealer. He died at 26. I was always that, that type of, I got to get over what's in it for me. And I get it. When your father puts on a suit and disappears for three days and you're there with three other siblings all under the age of 12, that can be a challenging day and there's mm -hmm. no food in the house. So that survivalistic mentality is another part of being that victim. And I just knew it was very depleting for my soul. It was never going to get me where I wanted to go. And even through several businesses, several careers, I never quite hit that place I wanted to be. And it's not just monetary. 
And I think people really mistake in that being an entrepreneur and just in culture, right? Bigger house, bigger car, Rolex watch. That's going to make me happy. But uh, if we look at it, it doesn't. I think the Dalai Lama says it so well. The person who is richest is the one who could be happiest with the least. Right? But, but, Amen. Yeah, but make no mistake, I live very well now. And that's a lot better than food stamps and going into the dented canned food store and peeling back expiration date upon expiration date on this meat that's got a freezer burn on it and going, forget it. When you buy bologna, I could fry bologna and make magic out of it. It's amazing what we can live without when you actually, you don't have. And um, early on in my struggles with entrepreneurship, I still had a mentality coming from corporate America that I was going to live that lifestyle fat and happy and it really screwed me up and until i had my second business fail i really didn't understand the true meaning of entrepreneurship the grittiness the grinding the always going but you never give up it's okay to have a pity party get over it learn from it move forward i never learned how much i could go without until that happened and that was like a turning moment for me and today, I, don't get me wrong, I live healthy. I'm, I roof over my head, food on the table, clothes on my back. I've got healthy family, healthy dogs. I'm good. But if you asked me again, would I do it? Probably not, but I could learn from it to be able to grow. My question, and I know that was long and drawn out, is why are we so afraid to take that change on head on and say, okay, we're going to grow and get ourselves into a better space? than where we're at today. Whether it's entrepreneurship or my personal development, change is the key to success. It really is. And it's that unwillingness to change. It builds that, that contempt. People like what's familiar to the point where they'll stay in an abusive relationship. I had a sister who was in an abusive relationship. I said, why do you stay in this relationship? I know exactly what to expect. I know he's going to get drunk. He's going to come home. He's going to beat me up. Next day, he's going to say, I'm sorry. I went, wow, really? You're cool with that. It's just that, 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 you know, it's just familiar. You know exactly what's going to happen. But it's like that movie Groundhog Day with Fort Murray, right? Yep. It just repeats again and again. So once I accepted that change was the key to my success, that allowed me to be the person I am today. And I'm grateful because finally at 60 years old, I am the person I want to be. And Muhammad Ali said, if I behave at 50 the way I was when I was 20, I've learned nothing. So it's all that life experience and learning each and every day at any age that really helps me embrace change, experiencing that. So whether I go into a company and rebrand it or rewrite the purpose statement or I'm personally assessing, here's the end of the year. What does this look like? What did I do well? What can I do better? How do we move our company now and my personal self through a pandemic, through a recession, through a dot-com bus, through a mortgage crisis, much like life, as I think life is a form of business. You have to know when to contract and you have to know when to expand. And that can only happen with change, right? That can only happen with change. And so in my, yeah, in my personal space, sometimes I need to contract. I need to chill. I need to meditate and hibernate. Other times I need to expand and go big, but it's being balanced and centered. If I'm centered, if you imagine a circle mm -hmm. point in the middle, that's me, a centered, balanced person, everything from the center of that circle is equidistant. So anything that I see, no matter how challenging or how great or how different or how beautiful, it's all of equal value to me. So I don't attach myself to it in any dysfunctional or unbalanced way. 
So I make better choices. I take the right actions. And that to me is very powerful. And those, that's awesome. And that's great. It's very motivating. But so how do you, let, I, I just, let's put up a, an avatar persona or whatever. And this is just somebody I've had contact with. 60 years old. I'm too old to change. I'm miserable. Uh, I live to, on the weekends. My job is miserable. Would you take one, take a client on like that? And two, how do you help somebody like that? Or can they not be helped? I think giving them data. Colonel Sanders didn't make his millions until he was 76. Warren Buffett I didn't come into his billions until he was in his 60s. Danny Aiello, who mm -hmm. was a great actor, didn't get in hit fame until his 50s. So I think age is just a number. And Lao Tse said that really, if I live in the past, I'm depressed because I can't change. If I live in the future, then I'm filled with anxiety. The ability to be present in this moment is really what it matters. I'm just today. I'm not 60. I'm not 10. I'm not 80. I'm just today. And because really time is an illusion. That's the big thing is we're, we're given these watermarks, but high school, you should be doing this. And by 22, you should be graduating from college. So we're given this time frame, and that's why retirement at 62, right? We even have it with social security. You're, I don't even yeah. know what retirement age. Someone asked me, when are you going to retire? I said, have I no need to retire? Oh, rewire. A rewire because I like having purpose. I like being impactful. There's a great book called The Mindset by Carol Dweck, where all these people in the oh, seniors, yeah. yeah, right, in the senior citizen home, arthritis, depression, all they did was give them a freaking plant to take care of. People who were taking care of a plant became more positive, more engaged. They started moving more because they had purpose. And that's really what this is about. You could be 20 with no purpose and be bummed out. You could be 30. So it's really about finding whatever that is. My dad said, if you're going to be a janitor, if that's what you want to do, be the best janitor in the world and you'll be happy. So it's not what you're doing. It's why you're doing it. So even at 60, why are you here? Right? Maybe it's the 60 years of wisdom you can share with people. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but you got to figure that out through self-discovery, right? There, there is no cookie cutter set step one, step two, step three. And I can tell you every morning I wake up, I do my journaling and my meditation and I get all that, right? I get all that. But life is something that happens while we're busy making plans, as John mm -hmm. Lennon said, right? As John Lennon said. So that's the big thing is, can you flow? Can you bob? Can you weave? Can you pivot? Can you adapt, but still be you? And that's the foundation, right? That's the only thing stationary in my life is the balance that I cultivate through my own process. I don't know what works for you or anybody else, but mm -hmm. I've spent my life creating that state of balance. So no matter what chaos or changes, right? changes are going on, I still see it through a very clear lens to make good choices and take the right action. So do you think that we've lost sight of being in the present today with everything going on with COVID and blah, blah, blah? Because I'm with you. If you're living in the past, you're depressed. If you're living in the future, you're anxious and you've got anxiety. But if you actually just focus on what's in front of you in here and now, there's clarity in that. But it just seems this will go back to um, I'm into financial stuff jobs. There's 10.6 million jobs available right now and only 6.3 million people that are actively looking for a job. Of the able-bodied men, you and I, our age range from 25 to 63 or 64, almost 55% of those individuals are at home or living with a parent or parents and having some type of support being done while they look at screens all day. Yeah. It's crazy. But 
this is a future generation. You have kids, and I know you can relate to this, but I mean, how do we work through this and get this? I don't know if we can correct it or not, but how do we work through all this and get people to the right place? Because self-discovery, I'm with you. It has to come from inside. But are there tools or things that we can do or help people to find that? Yeah, cut the freaking cord. It's the parents' fault. It started back then. If you're 35 years old living in your mama's garage playing video games, your mama should have cut the cord a long time ago. Get your mouth yeah. off my booby. <laughs> That's just, and I see that stuff all the time too. I'm like, dude, that, that, is, that is not a good place to be at 35 years old. The pandemic and the job situation, no. You just shared the data. That is yeah. a choice. But that's, again, what you talk about, that conditioned habit, right? Conditioned habit. And everybody knows if you start a new action and you make it a habit after 30 days or whatever, it can change your mindset. There's actually scientific studies that show the brain creates new crevices when you create new thinking and you act upon it. So when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will make mm -hmm. a change. But yep. like sheep being led to slaughter, their condition. Let me just throw on social media and go down this rabbit hole for five, six hours. And let me play Halo with other 35-year-old guys across the country. And it's so standard. But I grew up when there were no computers. I grew up when there was no cell phones. You went outside and played with a stick until it got dark, right? Don't come home until it's dark. So I think what's happening in our culture is that critical thinking has been bred out of people. Common sense is no longer common sense. People are dumbed down, they're dull because they're stuck in that loop. It's a loop. And I, I love technology. I leverage technology to the hill, but I manage my screen time. I know when those behaviors start to kick in and the pandemic was classic for that, right? It was oh, yeah. classic, classic for that. And it's perpetuated. It's perpetuated because that it's another condition thinking. And so to me, it's a self-imposed prison sentence. And that 35 will go right now, better get yourself off the couch and you should be embarrassed by your behavior. You should make that change because that's not life. At least it's not for me, but I have friends. They just, they swear and die by it. They strap on their Oculus at 8 a.m. They put their avatar, go into some club in Vegas and dance for a couple hours and have full on relationships with people in, in, in the metaverse. And that's a trip. That's a trip. It, I, these are, you said those are your friends? Yeah. Everybody's my friends. I work with people. Big thing I've learned, and my grandma taught me this with her coffee shops growing up in the Tenderloin, you help everybody. So I, I do really well with my consulting, but people come to me all the time that can't pay me a dime and I will still help. And that's something my grandma taught me when people would show up in a restaurant and eat, some paid, some didn't. And I would lose my freaking mind. And she would just say to me, but she would say, never mind. And when I broke that down as an adult, never mind. It's my freaking life. Who cares if I decide to give it away for free or not? It's only the status quo, right? These life coaches that take a one-year course, all of a sudden they're a guru. Yeah, I had somebody come to me. They were 22 years old at LinkedIn. I want to be your life coach. And I said, well, and I don't mean to be out of line, but what can you teach me? You know, what, have you been beat up? Has somebody died in your life? Have you suffered? What are you going to offer me at this point? I took a course. That's not living. That's not, you got to go out there, no. get dirty, fall down, get up, fail. Failure is awesome. And it is. Yeah, we put such a heavy weight on failure. But Buzz Lightyear said, you know, in Toy Story, when he found out he wasn't a space ranger and he couldn't really fly, then he was freaking falling with style. I yep. love 
I love that. So it's everywhere. But again, we're conditioned not to fail. So we still, we live at home with our parents, you know, that's crazy. And it, everybody gets a trophy. I, that is really what bugs me as growing up. I'm not too far behind you approaching 50. So I grew up with no internet and we were outside and my mom or dad would call us home and then beat us over the head when it was too late when we came home for dinner. Uh, yeah. I'm all about that. But yeah. the, the trophy things, oh my God, it just rubs me the wrong way. And it's like, you didn't win, so you still get a trophy. And it's like, how do you teach anybody to fail and then learn from their failures if you keep on giving them a trophy? It's, it's yeah. just whacked. Yeah, that came out of the whole 80s. There was a book by Kromsky on child development. And that self-esteem was the most important thing to a child's development. No matter what, you had to preserve that self-esteem. Then they found out later on that serial killers have some of the highest levels of self-esteem called narcissism, right? Yep. It's called narcissism. So yeah, failure is fine. And I use it with my son. My kids are pretty amazing, but we're tough on them. We're very tough on them. And it, my son loves basketball. Steph Curry, who's one of the greatest basketball mm -hmm. players of all time, his three-point percentage is 43%. That wow, means I didn't know it was that high. Yeah, 57% of the time, this guy fails. Yeah. Look at the best. I, who's that? Aaron Judge? What's his batting yeah. average? What's his bad average? I think on a it, good it, it was low. It was either low 300s mm -hmm. or high twos. Right. So 28, I think it was like 28, it's 280, 290, somewhere right around there. So 70% yeah. of over 70% of the time, he fails. Seven out of 10 times, this guy strikes out or flies yeah. out or misses. And he had all those home runs. So once you can embrace that, the yin and the yang, they're of equal value. Failure is just as important as success. They go hand in hand because you know why? Sometimes on the days I fail, that's where I do the best learning. But you're right. I don't want to sit there and fail and beat myself up and go down a rabbit hole and my parents hate me and life sucks and I'm terrible and nobody loves me. No, it's that fast. Here's the lesson. Learn it, take what you need and utilize it. Sometimes that's the shortest distance to happiness and being successful is embracing failure and, and not live in this place of shame or anxiety or fear. Hey, I failed. Cool. Okay. What did we learn from it? Let's move on. I tell that to my teams all the time. I don't care who's to blame. It doesn't matter. What I want to do is work on the solution. And that's really what failure offers us is good data to come up with the solution, to come up with the direction we need to make course correction, right? Whatever that might be. And we don't view failure as part of the road to success. We view it as its alternative, the fork at the road and you go left or you go right. And it truly is part of the, excuse me, success components, or I would want to say the math in it. Because when you fail, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of different pieces that come along with it. But the one thing that I've learned in failure, and I try to pass this along to people that I interact with and so forth is failure is going to teach you the type of person you will be and become, or you are and you become, because it's going to show you what you need to improve on and what things you can share with others. And that's huge because I want to, I want to share as much as I possibly can with my failures with others. Do I want them to make the same mistake? No, but if they do, at least they know what to do or have an idea what to do. And I've always wanted to help more people than I possibly can. And I get lost in that at times. I'll go down a rabbit hole with somebody that like you, we were talking on the pre-call before this, you were talking to somebody and he didn't want to do the work on whatever he was doing, his business stuff or whatever. I have a problem with that. But now I realize that, hey, share your failure, 
figure out where they're at. And then I have a little saying now that I put together is we'll be here when you're ready. So if yep. you want help or you want guidance, when you're ready, come back and talk to us. I have no problem. Yeah, I agree with that, Ryan. It, it, that's why I say at the end of any of my talks with people, and no matter what, I don't listen to me, don't listen to anybody else. The key to empowerment and happiness is figure it out for yourself. That's really empowering. So that's why failure is not a big deal because I'm figuring stuff out, right? I'm not simply grabbing data off the internet, things of that nature. I like the experimentation process. I like standing there looking at something going, hmm, what do we do here? That's so empowering. It is. I don't need a smartphone to teach me I'm smart. I don't need a Fitbit to teach me I'm fit. It's an action that I take. And through that process, I build that sense of confidence. And it's not ego. Ego is ill-fated. We're not discussing ego. True confidence is born out of humility. It really so it is. Excuse me. When you're working with groups or companies, how do you work through that? Because you're going to have a very diverse group of people that are in different places in their life. And some are going to embrace the failure and be able to move past it and learn from it. And then some are just going to drag it down. So how do you, how do you take that approach and how do you work with groups that are that large? And that, that's very cool. I was doing something at UCSF for the heart and lung division. They were absorbing one small boutique area into a bigger software. And there was a manager there, totally resistant. There's no freaking way I'm budging. This is the way we've always done. And I said, well, I'll tell you what Carly Fiorini said, Fiorini, I never get her name right. When she came <laughs> backward, we're going to make all these changes. One, you either get on board with us, right? And you help us implement these things and make these great changes to better our company. Two, you stonewall us and you'll just live in a place of mediocrity. You'll never get promotions. You won't get raises or bonuses. Or three, you leave, right? Because number two, if you stonewall us, we'll eventually let you go. Right? Yeah. I don't care if you're tenured in or you have seniority, we'll let you go. So it's really the, that choice every day. What do you want to do here? Do you want to contribute and go with the change and make a difference and impact things? You want to stand still? You can stand still, but that's only going to hurt you. And ultimately, we, I don't want to be in this relationship with you. And that's personal or business, right? If people aren't growing together, someone's going to leave because the person yeah. who's growing and the person who's not, eventually there'll be a huge gap in the relationship. One or the other will leave or three, you leave on your own because you're unhappy to begin with and you don't even realize it. So you, you need a new, something new and shiny. People do that. They go from relationship to relationship, job to job, because the grass is not greener on the other side, Ryan. The grass is greener where you water it. So yep. water that grass under your feet and take care of that thing. And people just simply don't want to do that. And I understand. I understand the fear, right? Like you say in 12-step programs, face everything, recover, or F everything and run. Right. Those are the two choices. And in part of that recovery and facing things are embracing your fear, embracing your failures, embracing what happened to you as a child that might have been traumatic. That's holding you back from being the best version of you today. As I always say, living your best life, not mine, not your mama's, not what your college professor said, living your best life. But are you brave enough to do that? Do you have the courage to go out there and figure out this is my life? This is my best life. I don't care what you think. I'm not going to look over the fence and going, ah, oh, I just got a new Tesla. I need one of those too. Totally cool. Being cool with who you are. And that takes yeah, a yeah. lot of courage, especially in the face of cancel culture and social media, right? Some kid's going to wake up today and won't leave the house unless they get 300 likes or a billion views on their YouTube video. That's bizarre. But that's the culture we've become. Think about this. There's two, there's three things in here I want to talk about. First is, 
the job to job hunt jumping that you talked about. Now we have the ability because of the pandemic has caused mm -hmm. employers that have to raise their wages dramatically, 10, 15, 20%. And I have, yeah, I have nephews that have jumped from job to job mm -hmm. because they were getting 15 to 20% raises, but they're not even fulfilled. They're not even happy. And it's mm -hmm. like, why do you continue to jump? They're going to pay me. So why not? And it's like, what is wrong with you? And then now they're into this quiet quitting where they sit there and just show up and do a little work and then go home and not anything extra. It's, and then the last piece is we're human beings and we're wired for instant gratification. We're not meant for a marathon, 26.2 miles. We have to get to that place to where we're in a marathon because at the end of the day, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. We might, people didn't wake up this morning. So guess what? If you're not actually going after the now and running that marathon every single day, how are you going to get anything out of life? Yeah, I agree. And that's why somebody said that to me, one of my clients, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I said, okay, let's break this down. You're here right now, right? You're right here. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Now let's move over there where you want to be. Where are we now? I'm there. No, you're not. We're here. You're just another version of here. So just be here, do the good work, figure out what makes you happy. And through that process, slow is the new fast and slow and steady win the race, tortoise in the air, go to it. You're right. Everybody wants that instant gratification. So they simply don't want to do the real work. And every bit of philosophy, a thousand mile journey begins with a single step. I just finished a 3000 pushup St. Jude's cancer research pushup challenge. Oh, cool. I said, I said, this sounds cool. Right. But I didn't do 3000 pushups. I did a hundred pushups a day for 30 days. I didn't do a hundred pushups a day. I did sets of 20. I didn't even do 20. I did one pushup at a time. So if we can get that short-term, midterm, long-term goals, be cool where we are in that process, because it's not the destination, it's the journey. All those teach I say sarcastically because they're true. They're really yeah. true. They're really true. And if you can do that, then when my daughter says, Papa, we, I want to watch Harry Potter and rub my feet, the computer closes and I'll sit there until two in the morning, finishing a project because that's my daughter's time, right? I go to my son, every one of his basketball practices, and I sit there and watch and record for him so we can talk about what he did well, what he can do better. Ah, oh, but you know what? You got a deadline. You know what? I'll stay up until two in the morning and take care of it after that, that balance. If you don't get that back, I cannot look at my kids when they're 18 and say, please be 12 and 11 again, because Papa has time yeah. to hang out with you. It's the yeah. same thing with anybody though. right now. You are all that matters to me. And once we yeah. finish it, it's in the ethernet. It's just recorded and there it is. You're on. Yep. And, and I'm gone. So if yep. I'm going to learn from you and if I'm going to give to this, I need to be fully present. 150%. And like another cliche, I got one foot in yesterday, one foot in tomorrow, and I'm peeing all over today. Right. I don't want to, I want to be with you, Ryan, because I've been put here with you connecting for a reason. And if I'm going to become a better version of me, I lean in and you notice that this is a zoom thing. Sometimes I'll do this and people think, are you looking at your phone? No, I'm not. I want to hear what Ryan's saying. And for me, that's being a musician and digging audio. Sometimes mm -hmm. I got to look away from the screen and just lean into what you're saying. Not so I can say something really cool back to you. Okay. Let me see something really cool. Maybe this will get more likes. This will get more views. People will buy my book. No way. I need to be as authentic and as real as I can be. My wife said, 
you know, it irks me. You tell people you were molested. You say you were poor because I don't want to live in shame. I don't want skeletons in the closet. I don't walk around with some deep, dark secret. That's why she says, I cannot tell you a secret. No, you can't. No, you can't because I was one of the best liars perpetrating a fraud in my younger days. I don't want to spend my energy doing that. Don't tell me a secret because I'll tell everybody. <laughs> to me, a secret's a lie. It just, and yeah. And yeah, some of that makes my wife nuts, but I am who I am, man. Like Popeye said, I am what I am. And I think that allows us to be happy. Not this, I'm going to step on you. I don't give a shit. It's quite the opposite. I care so much about people. I have a very deep sense of empathy now than I've ever had. I wake up every morning and I create a mindset of gratitude. And you're right. You said that earlier, right? But we're only all one phone call away. I used mm -hmm. to think you had to be old to die. That is not no. true. That is not true. I do. When I wake up, it's a gift. I am so grateful to be here. And like you said, roof over my head, food in my mouth. I never look at anything when I buy it. I don't have to. And that's bizarre from food stamps to buy. Okay, but. Yeah. Yeah. And you live in probably one of the most expensive cities in the United States. I, I mean, do. So that's. I do. Uh, that, that's tough. I do. And I live in the neighborhood I always dreamed of living in. Awesome. Growing up poor in San Francisco, I had friends down in Millbrae, which is a little bit south. And. It's pretty affluent. I used to think it was the land of Oz. And now here I am. I, I live in here. I have a business here and I raise my kids here. So I'm so grateful every day because every day above poverty, above poverty is a good day to me. So it's learning to be happy with the least amount, which is allows you to live from a- I love that. High. I and, love that. Yeah. The law of abundance, the law of attraction doesn't come from an impoverished mindset. What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? I got to win. Uh, it's never about that for me. If we can all win, no. which I think is really cool, and I strive for that in all my relationships, then I'm happier. I'm much happier. You know, it's this digresses a little bit, but it's on the topic. When the pandemic started, I read an article somewhere midway into it that somewhere in the realm of 25,000 podcasts were started during that time because eyeballs were on screens and listening and so forth. Of those 25,000 that had been started during that time, only 5% of them are still actively putting out episodes. And it's like, wow, you, you went from wanting to do something, you started it and then just gave up once it was, you didn't see any traction from it. And that is life. If you give up, as soon as you don't get traction from something, how do you get that life that you love and that life that you're happy about in giving to others? I love what you're talking about and I love what you're doing because it, it resonates right here in my heart, but it's also something I do on a daily basis. If I can take my shirt off my back and give it to somebody, I will. It's just life. I want to help others succeed. And I never view it as competition. If somebody calls me from another podcast and like, Hey, I love what you're doing. Can you help me out? Sure. Let's schedule some time and talk. I have no problem. I'm not doing anything special. I got a damn camera in front of me, a microphone, some lights, and I'm talking to people. I don't view that as anything special. It's just having a human conversation. I don't know you. We've had a pre-call several months ago. I enjoy your conversation. We're conversing as human beings exactly how we should. And we're giving great information out to people. And you're showing your passion. And you're doing something that you love. And it comes out. I think the challenge with that is it unnerves people. Because we live in a culture where the majority of people are very unhappy. And that's not a judgment call. Look at data. Suicide rate is at an all-time high. Yeah. Not that this 
great resignation where people have worked three different jobs since they've resigned since the pandemic, where they're walking into places like they're entitled, right? Yeah. I'm an employer. I sit and look and go, what? You haven't done anything in the real world. You think I should pay you that much? That's pretty funny. That's pretty <laughs> funny. And the average tenure of my team is going on 15 years now. And I'm great because I love my team. I take care of them. Two of my guys bought houses during the pandemic. One got married in Hawaii. They're having kids. I'm grateful to contribute to that with the vehicle of the company that gives them purpose, but also pays them well. I'm grateful to do that. I would never. And that you want to be unhappy? Wake up like the world owes you. Ugh. Wake up with that sense of entitlement and you're going to screw yourself. It's like JFK said, and it was so powerful. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Give tenfold, right? That pay it forward mindset cultivates the law of attraction, the law of abundance, right? It's in all spiritual teaching. Give yep. tenfold and you'll get back. So if you're a giver and you just keep giving and giving, I look up and wow, I did six figures on consulting this year. How'd I do that? How'd I do that? It's because I don't pay attention to that. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my businesses are closing in on a million dollars this year. So we're back to pre-pandemic numbers. And nice. somebody said, what are your meetings like for new leads and student acquisition? I said, we don't have those meetings. And they go, you're full of it. You can't be generating that type of revenue. I said, no, the type of meetings we have, how can we improve our instruction? How can we better serve our team? How can we create that Disney experience for our clients? How can we do that? I know my numbers. That's my job. I know where we are, right? I know where we are, but I don't put that on the team because then you become salesmen and people become numbers and you got to close deals. Guess what? People do that in their everyday life. How yep. many people marry some guy because he's got money and then they're unhappy two years later having an affair with the pool boy? It's all over because true happiness comes from within. It's not external, it's inward. But are you willing to do that? Are you willing to pull back your own covers without somebody looking at your picture that you slapped a selfie filter on to look 20 younger going, wow, you're so awesome. Are you willing to sit there and get really raw and real with yourself? That's where the journey really begins. And when you can pull back your own covers and go warts and all, I still love you, Brandon. You know, I'm here because I'm with you 24 seven, 365. So if I don't learn to like you and love you, we're both screwed. But what I don't like about myself, I embrace with love. How am I going to heal myself if I'm lazy, let's say, unless I embrace lazy? What's great about lazy? I relax really well. Cool. <laughs> cool. But can I do that 24-7, 365? No. You'll be unhealthy. You'll be stagnant, right? You'll be stagnant. So there's a time to be lazy and rest really well. And there's a time to run hard. And it's really that balance. But it, it takes that. Are you willing to do that? And like you said, you just... Turn on some lights, a camera, and turn on the mic and be vulnerable. But people yeah. don't want to be vulnerable. They hide behind no. their social media account. They hide behind the whole misinformation, fake news, because we cultivate it. There's people yeah. out there running around saying they're at Facebook. All they're doing is standing in front of the building. Yet they make it look like you know, I'm here at Facebook mm -hmm. ready to speak. And that one, I don't know, influencer during the riots in LA, she jumped uh -huh. out of the car with a hammer and her yeah. guy on her, but somebody else had a camera. She's, she's boarding up businesses. No, she wasn't. It was an opportunity. So that's really prevention. They say what? 90, 90 something percent. People think are all lies on the internet. So being authentic is a beacon of light, but it also leaves you extremely vulnerable.
extremely open to criticism because you're not following the status quo. And when you put stuff out there, just for myself, both my podcast and then what I put out on social, it's not sexy. It's not status quo, like you said. And I get people, I know I'm in the right ballpark. I, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee and I like his presentation is tune out the, the positive, tune out the negative and stay in your lane and just keep on going. Yeah. But when I get more negative comments, I know I'm in the right place because people are hating on me and I just kill them with kindness. I'm sorry that you feel that way, yeah. but I'd love to be able to help you or better yet, I'll put you on my podcast and you can come on and talk about it and we'll go live for you if that's what you're looking for. Not had a single person that bashed me on that no. to come on you, my podcast. You, yeah. You're a better man than I, Ryan, sir. I've got a slide <laughs> that says love, block, delete. And that's it. <laughs> Wish you love. I'm going to block <laughs> you and I'm going to delete you. Yeah, it's a pretty automatic reaction now because I don't, you know, I'm not sheep being led to slaughter. I carve my own path. I always have. always have. And when I was at that point in life where I was really discovering me, I did everything. I sat in a Zen center staring at a white wall beating drums with guys half naked in the woods, everything. Cause I was on the path of self-discovery and I was willing to do whatever it took because I want to be me because I can't be anybody else. That's the thing. Why would you not want to be you unless you don't like you because you're not doing the real work to help yourself. Like being on that airplane. If I'm sitting on an airplane with my kid, the oxygen pressure drops, two masks come down. Whose mask do I put on first? Mine. Yeah, no, mine. No, because you, you might pass out before you get done with the kid and you got to. Uh, that's true. I always put my family first. So that's just one of those well, things. We're no good to our family unless we're good to ourselves. And it makes my family nuts, Ryan. I wake up every morning. I have a little ritual to get into that mindset. Nickel Papa, can you just chill? No, I can't. I got to sing. I got to dance. I got to be me. I got to be me. And I'm just out there because I don't want to squander one second being unhappy or pissed off or negative or even worse, pointing fingers, right? Yeah. That mindset. But when I put one finger at you, Ryan, I got three, three pointing back at me. And you've heard that one before. It's important to me. And the only way I'm going to impact the world is by being in love with myself. What? That's so narcissistic. Someone said to me the other day, you are so self-centered. I said, and that's a bad thing. The self centered. <laughs> yeah. The self should be centered. That's where I can live my best life or the other one. You're so full of yourself. Who should I be full of? How many views I get at TikTok? What my daddy said to me when I was lying? What, the guy who's hating on me? Should I be full of them? Who should I be full of? But if that's all rooted in humility, that I can always do and be a better version of myself, right? I'm so grateful for the life I've been given. If I can temper that, then I'm not living in that state of ego. It really is true confidence. That's earned through never giving up, doing your best and working hard. That's true confidence earned. And we have to get out of that mindset that it's not okay to be yourself. And it's, man, and I, I'll digress really quick because I had two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I had this kid reach out to me through the podcast and he's telling me that he wants to start a podcast. I'm like, okay, great. What is it about? Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to go on and start talking. Okay, great. Go for it. And he goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, why not? If you want to talk and people are going to listen, God bless you, go for yeah. it. And then he says, what about if I don't get a million views? And I said, if you get five views, you're going to be lucky. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, you're not going to just put something out and all of a sudden it goes viral. I said, you need to be consistent. So if you're going to put out a podcast or social, you got to be very consistent. And most people aren't, and that's why they don't succeed. And he's, I should only be able to put one or two out. And I'm like, no. 
doesn't work that way. I said, look what I'm doing. I'm on a four-year journey of two podcasts twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. I record and they come out on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Now I'm just starting to get into the thousands of downloads after four years. Yeah. And I said, that's just brutal force and learning and having great guests on. And he's like, I don't have that much time. Where are you going? Yeah. I, when I asked him that question, where are you going? He goes, I need to go buy myself a new car. I got to get myself a house. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm like, how old are you again? 19. Okay. You just graduated high school. Do you have a job? No, I live with my parents. Yeah. Okay. I said, we're going to have to work on that because I'll be honest. How are you going to get all those things if you're not out there working? He's, why do I need to work? I can live with my parents. They take care of me. Got it. That'll work mm. for you. That's well, what you scary. Supply. Yeah, that's scary. That's real scary. It's just scary. But remember, I think we as parents cultivate that. And I'm yeah. hard on my kids sometimes. I don't care. I'm not here to be your best friend. I tell my son all the time, you live in my house. You're homeless. So we respect mom and me because we feed you, we clothe you, we drive you to basketball. Everything you have in yeah. your life is because of us. And if you don't value that, then there's the door. I love you. It's a relationship. Of, we both must contribute to this relationship equally. You're not two. I'm not changing your diaper. Guess what? That goes well into teens, into adulthood, on and on. That's why this kid is 19 going, my parents will take care of me. What if they die in a plane crash tomorrow? Yeah. Look, what are you going to do? You're done. Yeah. 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 I think that, that to empower yourself, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You got to go down that rabbit hole. I'm cool mm -hmm. with it every day. I got millennials. My, when my kid said to me the other day, Papa, I'm smarter than you. I said, really? How come my 14-year-old who knows everything? He said, I got a smartphone. I says, what if I shut that phone off? Does that mean you're not smart anymore? He goes, I don't know. I said, go outside and change the tire on the car. Let me see you do that. Here, here's a freaking rotary phone, make a phone. So I think it's just what we value. If I want to be happy, and that's why going back to the top of this, the whole thing about the why, I'm happiest when I'm fulfilling my purpose. The big gap is for all of us, what is that purpose? And if you really believe owning a home, buying a car is it, Talk to Jim Carrey. He said that you guys should all be as rich and famous as I've been to understand that does not buy you happiness, no. right? It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, I had the birds and the bee talk with my son. I was, I said, you do realize you can buy sex on a street corner, but you can't buy love. So learn what love is for you. Learn what that, because that's really what separates us from the bottom feeders, the ability to love, but the into the yawn. That intelligence creates nuclear weapons and wars and everything else, right? So that's life in its complexity and in its brilliance is when we can love on such a simple, pure level and be that giver without what's in it for me. It's an art form. It really is, Ryan. But that commitment on a daily basis, you said that, and you know, I'm always about the things that jump out, consistency. Yeah, I consistently have been putting out content for I don't know, close to a decade now. And it's turned awesome. into what it is. And if you yeah. look at like car talks, I have a YouTube channel. I have two podcasts every day and much like this too, giving to other podcasts and cultivating that and doing that is really powerful. But like anything that if I can break it down, if I walk into my favorite restaurant, order my favorite dish, they make it just the way I like, I go back again. If I go back a second time, a different cook's there and he makes it differently, I might give you a third chance. I go the third time, you don't make my favorite dish the way I like it, I'm gone. So consistency builds trust. So whether relationships or business or anything, if you consistently 
serve people really well and find ways to serve them better, you'll earn that trust. And I believe that trust is the last true form of marketing. So whether you're selling yourself to a yes. job, starting a business, coming into a relationship with somebody new, or even falling in love with yourself, you have to consistently make that commitment to bettering yourself each and every day. And that includes failure because that's part of it. You will become a better version of you. You will. Wow. Very powerful. I love the conversation. I know we're coming up to the end here, but I wanted to say one thing. The trust in the consistency is the thing that we tend to miss a lot in life. And if you don't keep on hammering at it, it's like working out. If you don't go to the gym or exercise, how are you supposed to lose or eat? How are you supposed to lose weight? You can't just sit on the couch and you could probably just get liposuction, but whatever. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way. And until we change our mindsets to be consistent, not be about ourselves, be about others, give out information, it's okay. And you will start winning. And it, once you start putting that in front of you, it changes everything. And I'm with you. I had the, I call it the G word, greed. That's why I failed my second business because it was all about the money. It wasn't about my passion. It wasn't about my why and it wasn't about giving back. Now that's all I think about and it comes back in spades. It's crazy how life works and we learn so much from it. So thank you for coming on. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed the conversation with you. You've been enlightening and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your journey. It's just been a pleasure. I'm very grateful. And just to leave people with that, you're amazing. Never you. forget that. Just take the time to constantly invest in that. Because if we don't take care of it, like anything, then decay sets in. Mm. We become stagnant. And water that is stagnant is useless. Mm. You can't irrigate with it. You know, it breeds disease, right? Yes. It's useless. So be fluid. And that ability to be fluid is really where you talk about chasing happiness, chase it because you want to be a better version of you. But happiness is in one breath. Happiness it is in word. Happiness is in this conversation and only this conversation until we're done. And if I can do that, I'll be happier. I really will be. And happiness, people think you shouldn't have to work that hard at it. Yes, you should. Because we live in a culture of unhappiness. It's very fashionable to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. That's why the Inquirer sells millions of copies. It's fashionable. Watch TMZ. They love it when people are unhappy. So it's very fashionable. And it's not the true state for me that I want to be in, nor do I believe if human beings really believe they had the choice that they would choose to be unhappy over happiness. And you don't want to be around those people that are unhappy. You want to be surrounded by others that are happy and give and, and really want to make life uh, different. So I thank you, sir. I'm honored. I hope you have a great day. Stay warm and don't let that rain get to you because I know it's unfamiliar to you guys in California. It is, but we welcome it because, you know, because of the drought. You know why I love rain? Crime rate goes down. Did you know that? Yes. Yep. And that's cool. Yeah. Well, let it rain. Let it pour then. Yes. Thank you, sir. Have a good Thank day. Thank you, Uh-huh.